Hello, everyone. It's March 10th, 2020, and we are broadcasting from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today, we will continue our discussion on corporate tax. And we will the topic is wages and other compensation. Wages subject to federal employment taxes generally include all pay you give an employee for services performed. <clears throat> the pay may be in cash or in other forms. It includes salaries, vacation allowances, bonuses, commissions, and taxable fringe benefits. It does not matter how you measure or make payments. Amounts an employer pays as a bonus for signing or ratifying a contract in connection with an establishment of an employer-employee relationship and an amount paid to an employee for cancellation of an employment contract and relinquishment of contract rights or wages subject to Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes and income tax withholding. Also, compensation paid to a former employee for services performed while still employed is wages subject to employment taxes. See Section 6 for a discussion of tips and Section 7 for a discussion of supplemental wages. See Section 15 for exceptions to the general rules for wages. Publication 15A provides additional information on wages, including non-qualified deferred compensation and other compensation. Publication 15-B provides information on other forms of compensation, including Accident and health benefits, achievement awards, adoption assistance, athletic facilities, de minimis, which means minimal, benefits, dependent care assistance, educational assistance, employee discounts, employee stock options, employer-provided cell phones, group term life insurance coverage, health savings accounts, lodging on your business premises, meals, no additional cost services, retirement planning services, transportation, commuting benefits, tuition reduction, and working condition benefits. Employee business expense reimbursements. A reimbursement or allowance arrangement is a system by which you pay the advances, reimbursements, and charges for your employees' business expenses. How you report a reimbursement or allowance amount depends on whether you have an accountable or a non-accountable plan. If a single payment includes both wages and an expense reimbursement, you must specify the amount of the reimbursement. These rules apply to all allowable ordinary and necessary employee business expenses. Accountable plan. To be an accountable plan, your reimbursement or allowance arrangement must require your employees to meet all of the three to meet all three of the following rules. Number one, they must have paid or incurred allowable expenses while performing services as your employees. The reimbursement or advance must be payment for the expenses and must not be an amount that would have otherwise been paid to the employee as wages. Number two. They must substantiate these expenses to you within a reasonable period of time. Number three, they must return any amounts in excess of substantiated expenses within a reasonable period of time.
Amounts paid under an accountable plan are not wages and are not subject to income, Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes. If the expenses covered by this arrangement are not substantiated or amounts in excess of substantiated expenses are not returned within a reasonable period of time, the amount paid on the arrangement in excess of the substantiated expenses is treated as paid under a non-accountable plan. This amount is subject to income, Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes for the first payroll period following the end of the reasonable period of time. The reasonable period of time depends on the facts and circumstances. Generally, it is considered reasonable if your employees receive their advance within 30 days of the time they pay or incur the expenses adequately account for the expenses within 60 days after the expenses were paid or incurred and return any amounts in excess of expenses within 120 days after the expenses were paid or incurred. Alternatively, it is considered reasonable if you if you give your employees a periodic statement at least quarterly that asks them to either return or adequately discount for outstanding amounts that they do so within 120 days. Non-accountable plan. Payments to your employee for travel and other necessary expenses of your business under a non-accountable plan are wages and are treated as supplemental wages and subject to income, Social Security, Medicare, and food to taxes. Your payments are treated as paid under under a non-accountable plan if, one, your employee is not required to or does not substantiate timely those expenses to you with receipts or other documentation. Two, you advance an amount to your employee for business expenses and your employee is not required to or does not return timely any amount he or she does not use for business expenses. Number three, you advance or pay an amount to your employee regardless of whether you reasonably expect the employee to have business expenses related to your business or for you pay an amount as a reimbursement you would have otherwise paid as wages. Per diem or other fixed allowance, you may reimburse your employees by travel days, miles, or some other fixed allowance under the applicable revenue procedure. In these cases, your employee is considered to have accounted to you in your reimbursement if your reimbursement does not exceed rates established by the federal government. The standard mileage rate for auto expenses is provided in publication 15-B. The government per diem rates for meals and lodging in the continental United States can be found by visiting the U.S. General Services Administration website at gsa.gov forward stroke per diem rates. Other than the amount of these expenses your employees business expenses must be substantiated for example the business purpose of the travel or the number of business miles driven for more information on substantiation methods see publication 463 if if the per diem or allowance paid exceeds the amount substantiated you must report the excess amount as wages This excess amount is subject to income tax withholding and payment of Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes. Show the amount equal to the substantiated amount, that is, 
the non-taxable portion in box 12 of form W2 using code L. Wages not paid in money. If in the course of your trade or business, you pay your employees a, in a medium that is neither cash nor a readily negotiable instrument, such as a check, you're said to have paid them in kind. Payments in kind may be in the form of goods, lodging, food, clothing, or services. Generally, the fair market value of such payments at the time they're provided is subject to federal income tax withholding and Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes. However, non-cash payments for household work, agricultural labor, and service not in the employer's trade or business are exempt from Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes. Withhold income tax on these payments only if you and the employee agree to do so. Nonetheless, non-cash payments for agricultural labor, such as commodity wages, are treated as cash payments subject to employment taxes if the substance of the transaction is a cash payment. Meals and lodging. The value of meals is not taxable income and is not subject to federal income tax withholding in Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes if the meals are furnished for the employer's convenience and on the employer's premises. The value of lodging is not subject to federal income tax withholding in Social Security, Medicare, and FUTA taxes if the lodging is furnished for the employer's convenience or the, on the employer's premises and as a condition of employment. For the convenience of the employer means you have a substantial business reason for providing the meals and lodging other than to provide additional compensation to the employee. For example, meals you provide at the place of work so that the employee is available for emergencies during his or her lunch are generally considered to be for your convenience. You must be able to show these emergency calls have occurred or can reasonably be expected to occur and that the calls have resulted or will result and you calling on your employees to perform their jobs during their meal period. Whether meals or lodging are provided for the convenience of the employer depends on all of the facts and circumstances. A written statement that meals are for convenience is not sufficient. 50% test. If over 50% of the employees who are provided meals on an employer's premise receive these meals for the convenience of the employer. All meals provided on the premise are treated as furnished for the convenience of the employer. If this 50% test is met, the value of the meals is excludable from income for all employees and is not subject to federal income tax withholding or employment taxes. For further information on corporate taxes, join our Sunday webinar or join us at www.fender-tax.com.